0: It's like a void of black. There's a portal over here.
1: Let's talk about some spooky shit. What's up, spooky
0: bitches? Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. We're back. This is Savannah. And Jerica, And Birdie. Hi, hi, hi. How you doing? So, guys. Um... Real quick, I just want to talk about a subject that I'm very passionate about. Um, So I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. Yeah. PSA. In Austin, um, one of the, I guess, most loved hobbies that people like to do during the summer is float the river. You know what I'm going to talk about, don't you? I'm still fuming. I'm still so mad. Okay, I'll show you in a second. So let me just say, if you're going to float the river... It's it, you may be an amateur, but the last thing you should do is tie yourself up oh to my God, fucking people. <laughs> I think at most it's you know you can have two like inner tubes connected, or Even maybe like an inner dangerous. tube in a cooler. But when you have ropes wrapped around everybody, and not to mention alcohol is involved, alcohol is right. involved and sharp rocks. Mm. The the
2: only things you should be tied to is if you have a child under thirteen tied to, which don't bring a child. To
0: float the river no my god who can't or like, if survive. you have the cooler the cooler, cooler is important right that's fine so uh birdie and i and a friend of ours went floating the river this last weekend and everything was fine and dandy and great until you know you sit in your little tubes you drink your alcohol you chill in the sun you burn yeah you, you <laughs> burn you jump out every now and then you cool down and you get back in and then as soon as you get to the rapids i think people who have floated the river know like hey It's cool. You can separate. You each go over the rapids and then you can just meet back up down there. It's not like you're going to forever lose that person, right? It's not that intense of a rapid. But there's just a lot of sharp rocks and there's a lot of navigating to do. Well, we went to the river and uh, Christina and I were in like a double float together and you and John were separated. And so every time we got to the rapids, we're like, cool, see you guys later. You know, this one group of people. Um, and you could tell, I don't think they've been to the river before. or They didn't know what the hell they were doing. I being. always judge the hell out of I do too. That did that. There were literally, I don't even know how many people, at least eight people tied up together with, like, these rinky-dink, like, ropes. Like, string. Yeah. Like, you're not, you know, twine. You're not supposed to use it
2: for that. You're literally supposed to use it to carry the garbage, like, <laughs>
0: nets yep. that mm-hmm. you take with you or to a cooler, again. Right, and so was it like the thin?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was oh, thin. God. And so
0: already we're already like approaching these kind of like sharp jacket rocks, and it's already hard for me and Christina to navigate, anyways, because we're in a double tube. And they're tiny. Yeah, and she she didn't really want to get out of the tube, which was fine. I was fine with jumping out of the tube and kind of navigating us around those sharp rocks. But at one point, there was this group in front of us that were all tied together, so they were piling up. Like people behind them couldn't pass them because they were blocking every of course they way. Were. So Christine and I are trying to navigate and we uh, fall into this one part of the rapids that gets us hooked on this really sharp rock and I can't get around it because there's literally people surrounding it so the only way I can think of us to like is like literally just get out and pick up the raft and kind of put it over on the other side of the rock so as I get out to do that I lift it up and this inner tube comes up over my head and knocks me down and it's a group of people tied together So I had let Christina go and she was kind of floating down and she was going to wait for me because I was like, I can't hang on to you and try to get back in. Their rope tied around the back of my neck and pushed me down. Mind you, my legs were pinned by this rock. And they kept, like, going over me. Like, Mm -mm. they were literally like, oh, let's just go over her with the inner tubes. I would have flipped them. And they kept, yeah. Flip them. I literally was, like, pinned down. Yep. And they just kept, their bodies were just going over me. And I was literally like, stop, stop. And I saw this one girl, like, we locked eyes. It
2: was an older
0: lady. And she, like, looked at me, and she started paddling back. And she was part of that group. I was like, oh, okay, good. She's going to come over here and help me get untangled. Because, like, I literally had everything pinned down. And the sharp rock was sticking into my leg, so I couldn't go over it. I couldn't, I couldn't go sideways or anything. She comes back, and I'm like, Hallelujah! And she continues to grab the inner tube and pull it over me. And I was like, Are you Oh, she would have got serious? it. She would have got the business. Yeah. She would have got a right hook and, and like, a left literally hook. my my entire body at this point was like almost under. Like I was like this. And this guy at the very end, the guy in the little raptor inner tube, saw me. He's like, Oh, hey, do you need help? And I was like, oh, That would be great. And he runs over there, and he, like, has to untangle me, and then they float away. I was so pissed the rest of the time. Yeah. And look at those bruises. I mean, it's not that bad now, but, like, damn, that was part of it. That's. I'm, from now on,
2: bringing a knife to the river. I would have literally just just popped. Well, I'm going to start cutting people's ropes, and then if they start running me over, I'm going to pop them.
1: Oh, yep. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah, good luck making it down the river with a popped energy, bitch.
0: (laughs) I would have been so mad. Sorry about going on a random tangent, but, like, I was literally thinking about that all week, and I was like, honestly, they could have really seriously hurt somebody. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, I have been to the river plenty of times to, like, know what the rapids were about, like, and, you know, how to kind of handle them and navigate them. But, like, if I weren't, if I were new or, you know, maybe not even with Christina, because I think if, like, Christina at least didn't know that I was there and that was happening to me. Who even knows? But people get drunk on there and people act a fools. So yep. yeah. Just PSA, if you're gonna to come to Austin and float the river, great, wonderful. Don't tire too. Don't tire too. It's so dumb. That's so. to me like the fastest
2: way. Because if one tube flips then two, everybody flips.
0: I mean and honestly. Well most
2: hazard. places
1: like on the river, like most inlets, they have people like, you know, down the river, but they also cut people. Like they'll cut them. Like no. Can more than three. I think it's like two or three because mm-hmm. it's whatever the, like the width is to get through and it's like nope and they'll literally just cut like won't even ask nope nope yep. just like
0: it's dangerous it really is and like I mean with as crowded as it was that weekend and I mean it it's Dawn's fish camp so like they have little shotgun i like you can meet up with your friends later there's yeah. areas that are shallow enough to where it's just well, fine. and again like
2: we we did that the whole time and it was fine we
0: were never separated more than like three minutes exactly we always found each other well
1: the whole purpose is like it's not a stationary
0: activity it's literally right. like mobile like yeah so anyways that's the story of how i almost died in the river this weekend so speaking of water we have some stories for you today involving specifically like the ocean right they're more ocean stories um there's water water yeah, just, just water, water. Oh, yeah okay, cool. mm-hmm. so um we don't know what each other's talking about quite yet um but we are going to go ahead and kick it off with our first story yeah uh, so, actually, I think, Savannah, we're starting with you, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. Ooh, ooh. All right, guys. So, today, this, the story I have for you is the story of a true ghost ship, the Uring Medan. So, my sources are YouTube channel Beyond Science, episode Deadliest Ghost Ship, the Uring Medan, and then Skeptoid.com. So, we're going to start off. Uh, by talking about what time period this happened. This was around June 1940. Um, It could possibly be 1947 to 1948, but Dutch ship freighter SS Ring Medan was cruising along the Dutch East Indies in the Straits of Malacca waters. Don't know where that is, but you know, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and also one thing to mention is the ship is also known as the Death Ship or the original ghost ship. Yes. Um, It sent out this distress signal. Okay, this is a quote. All officers, including the captain, are dead, lying in the chart room and bridge, possibly whole crew dead. So after this distress signal went out, uh, there were several other signals that came out. That were a series of unintelligible Morse code sequences oh. that nobody could. Who I think I've heard first. of this. Mm-hmm. And then, last, uh, after all those Morse code signals went out, uh, the very last transmission signal that came out literally was just the statement, I die. Uh huh. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, God. Creepy, right? So these signals were picked up by the British and the Dutch uh, listening posts around the Sumatra and Malaysia area. It took some time to determine where the signal was actually originating from, so of course it was going to take time for them to find the nearest ship to go and help. Once they determined the location, as I had mentioned earlier, they signaled the ship Silver Star, which was an American ship, and they were the first ones to reach the Orang Medan. When they got there, the the ship, the Silver Star, began calling out, trying to see if there was anybody on the ship, and there was absolutely no life seen above deck, which was odd for a ship like that, because there's always people right, up on the deck. Yeah. it was big, moving. And they said it was just oddly very quiet. And for such, like, a large, like, metallic like, industrial like, ship, you would think you'd be hearing, like, machine noises, yeah. or, you know, hear steam, Sick. or, like, people moving in and around and about, and it was just like, sitting on the water in silent. And to me, that just really kind of... So there wasn't even, even any semen on board? <laughs> <laughs> I had to look at her face and I was like, this is making. She was a waiting, joke. she just stared at me for a really long time. Uh, no, no semen. No semen. No. It's a very protected ship. <laughs> so, <laughs> no signs of life above the deck. And like I said, it was a very eerie silence. So let's talk about the rescue mission. So the ship itself from the outside looked completely undamaged, but also completely abandoned. So the rescue team from the Silver Star boarded the ship and immediately found crew members in completely horrific and unexplainable conditions. The entire crew was completely dead. They were just piles of corpses dispersed about the ship. And many of those corpses still were manned at their posts. Oh, shit. So, like, it hit them suddenly. Like, it was an instantaneous kind of death. Yucko. Yeah. Like, didn't even have time to react. Uh, no, thank you.
1: Yeah, that gives me anxiety.
0: <laughs> so, like I said, they were still found, like, manned at their posts, almost, like, in an instantaneous death. The weird thing too was that they were found completely uninjured, like there were no wounds that could be seen on the outside, like no blood or like a curse. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. The crew also, what was also really chilling about this was they were actually found like laying on their back, almost all of them, hmm. which was an odd kind of like position to be in. Yeah,
2: because usually if something's attacking you, you know, you kind of you drop to your stomach because you want to
0: protect your face you want to protect your core unless something is attacking you that you can't see right Mm -hmm. so they were actually found with their eyes wide open all of them just like dead with their eyes wide open in shock and in horror and their mouths were fixed or frozen in an eternal scream so like they were found in just a very very strange manner Their arms were also, like, frozen in front of them in a defensive stance, giving the witnesses the impression that they were physically trying to stop someone or something from killing them. What the fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. Gross. Got a picture. Uh. You have a picture? I do. I want to see it. Okay. All members, including the captain, had the same expression. And for some reason, this also made me really sad. I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently most ships have a ship dog. Uh-huh. And the ship dog was found in the same way, no. on his back, like dead, like frozen, just like in a very odd demeanor. They were found to have died all in a very similar manner, almost as if trying to outrun something that the rescuers could not see. Even the radio operator, the one that they assume was the one who sent out the signal, I die, was found dead with his fingertips still fixated on the telegraph.
2: Okay. Shit.
0: hmm So there's no evidence that any of this even happened or existed. And the reason for that is because the Silver Star actually tried to tow the ship back to port so that they can have like a real investigation as to what happened here. But while towing it back, they found that smoke was billowing from a lower deck. And the crew themselves barely had time to sever their lines from towing the ship before it actually had a massive explosion. So we still don't know what happened? Mm-mm. Fuck that. I don't like so that. So there was uh, the explosion. <laughs> like awesome. Yeah, the explosion of the ring was so big, according to witnesses, that it actually lifted up from the surface of the water and then fell back down and pretty much sank immediately. Sick. So we don't know if it was a parasite or like a weird electrical current that like. Shocking. Shocked everybody at the same time. Well, we can't or... ever prove it. Even there's a lot of theories, but no way to prove it. Now we I don't even know if this fucking hit that Even tail, more right. Here are some theories, though. Speaking of, and some of these I can kind of believe. They kind of make sense. The first theory, and the one that I feel like probably has the most um, meat. Yeah, is Sick. it's a massive transnational cover up. Uh, because there's no proof that this ship actually ever existed it could be possibly because it's been expunged from all records there's no real paper trail for the ship including lloyd's shipping registers which i guess was like a big thing back then where you had to like register your boat the name you know this and that wh- where it was going what it was shipping blah 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 yeah and they've had this for years i mean that that goes back to like parts of the caribbean days right yeah It's not in the dictionary that covers disasters at sea from 1824 to 1962. There's no trace of the ship in the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich. And there's no mention of the Silver Star in Lloyd's Register either. So it's almost like the Silver Star is kind of also disappearing from records. And that's the boat, right? The boat that came to rescue them. So the cover-up theory includes Japan, Netherlands, Germany, China, U.S., and possibly more. Uh, so this was a time frame where chemical, gas, and biological warfare was becoming more popular mm. and being used a lot more and you know, different strands and new strands and new things were being developed yeah. and tested. So a lot of people speculate that maybe the ship was actually hosting some of that biological warfare. I mean, it almost sounds like a
2: conspiracy theory, but then you got to remember Chernobyl. Yeah. like. They... Russia denied it and denied it and denied it, and, I mean, that's why so many people died right? in Chernobyl mm-hmm. until there was, like, one person that finally fucking leaked it mm-hmm. and tried to get people
0: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't think that that would be, I mean, a government cover-up. Not unheard of. That's yes. you know? right. So... I- I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because, I mean, during the time, like, if you could get your hands on something like that, can you imagine, you know? Right.
1: Also, they'd be, have to pay out a lot for as many people would, like, Right, die. exactly. And, and the fact also, like, that maybe trauma. it could have
0: been easily rigged to explode and, oh, no, now we don't have any evidence of right. what happened. Especially if they were using it as a testing facility for something like Agent Orange exactly i mean there's no telling and that's why a lot of people believe that it could have been something like that that maybe leaked and that's why it killed all the crew members instantaneously dog. yeah your face and also could be uh an explanation for like the explosion maybe you know these fumes and this and that well, hell, that could've... could have even been time that could have been a, a fail safe mm-hmm. exactly agree with that It also could
1: have, like, necessarily been slow, because I was thinking, like, they're on this metallic ship. Who's to say that it wasn't some sort of, like, slow thing, you know? They could have just, like, gotten to critical
0: levels, you know? So, this is only discredited by some other believers, because they felt like if this were the case, the crew members who went on the ship to perform the rescue weren't affected at all. They didn't smell anything weird. They didn't... You know, encounter or have any sort of side effects or anything like that. Also, not only that, but the crew that was working aboard on the top levels of the ship that had the op- open atmosphere—if there was sort of gas, some sort of gas leak or something like that—they um, wouldn't have been affected either. But again, that's all just completely speculation. Yeah. The next theory is, of course, one that makes a lot of sense as well, but carbon monoxide poisoning. So we all know what carbon monoxide is. So Vincent Gaddis, who was the one who termed the Bermuda Triangle, he apparently is really into researching a lot of, like,
2: oceanographer, yeah,
0: you know, or weird things that happened at sea and trying to find, like, scientific explanations for them and everything like that. His theory was that burning fuel from a malfunctioning boiler system could potentially produce carbon monoxide. Again, we don't have the bodies to like, know for sure. But... Also, I kind of looked up the side effects of carbon monoxide, and you really just get sleepy. Right. That's what I was about to say. And you would expect
2: people just to kind of lay down on their stomachs and
0: they do. Yeah. Like, you would basically just get really tired, and you feel like you need a really, you know, you need a nap. Or, like, some people might feel like they're choking or coughing, but then I would feel like you would more likely grab at your throat or your chest because you're having a hard time breathing. Right. Um, and not be found in a manner where you're trying to fight It's like the defensive off. thing
1: throws it off. It just, really like, does. everything a little And slightly. the eyes
0: and the scream because it's like, I don't know. That's just creepy. Uh, another theory is pirates. Um, don't like that one. Least favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, eh. Uh, you know, um, so they were known in this region to pirate many ships in the Strait of Malacca. So it wasn't unheard of for pirates to take over ships. However they uh, there would be no way for them to kill the people like yeah. this because first of all there were no wounds found at all.
2: Right. Unless they had like a pirate wizard.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which they they don't that I know of. That I know of either. Um would be would be a cool costume for Halloween, got to say though. Pirate wizard. Like just like Gandalf <laughs> with Yeah, a merged with Jack Sparrow. Cool. Um <laughs> But uh, and also own. when pirates take over, they usually if they do kill any crew members, they're gonna throw them overboard. They don't want the dead bodies hanging out, and then they're gonna hang out on the ship and then take whatever is on well, the ship about with to ask, them. Was anything stolen? No. See, Mm-mm, not that they not know pirates. It. But I mean, also, I, I'm not so sure that the rescuers. I'm sure they probably got the fuck out of you there they were like oh, oh, but oh. Yeah.
2: i just want whoever came up with the pirate
0: theory to know that they're down and wrong right exactly <laughs> you it, it hear that <laughs> yeah. it so doesn't bad. explain how the bodies were found or how anything of value just like wasn't taken i mean you know a lot of these people probably had valuables still on them i think and why would they kill the dog exactly that's that's the biggest issue we have right now oh my what gosh. happened to that dog yeah fuck all these people yeah the dog <laughs> another theory are ghosts there weren't a lot of explanations for this but i think people just love the idea that there was like a curse or that they you know were selling across some part of the ocean where like ghosts just want to live in peace and so they feel like they need to kill everyone so anyways here's my favorite theory and i think we all know why aliens Oh, yeah. Aliens. (laughs) Aliens did it. Uh, It's a very popular theory, actually, with several books that are dissecting and supporting this theory. So, in 1959, the CIA released a document stating that the Orang Medan holds the key to many of the sea's unsolved mysteries, including sightings of huge fiery spheres that came from the sky and dive and submerge into the water. Hmm. So, it's not like the government hasn't, you know
2: investigated
0: this. Right. Well, and also the fact that there's been footage released lately, like, just as recent as, like, footage from 2014 of a sphere that they cannot identify. Yeah. Any military base floating over the ocean, like, flying, and then it actually submerges into water. Well... So they don't know of any any kind of, you know, like, vehicle that can do that. Even, I mean,
2: things that we do have scientific explanations for, like, um, St. Elmo's uh, excuse me, St. Elmo's Fire, that shit is wild. To look, it's literally just static electricity that's built up mm-hmm. over the ocean, but it washes up, like, green fire over mm-hmm. people. Interesting.
0: And it can zap you.
1: Ooh. Slytherin. Yeah, girl, what's up?
0: <laughs> you know, but with the alien abduction thing, I would feel like they would actually abduct the people to, you know, probe them, because that's what they do. Aliens probe, we know. But you know they just. Is that why you're obsessed with him? I am obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that for right now we'll never know. All the evidence is gone. We're not even sure if the ship really existed. If it's all folklore, I believe it existed, and I think it's probably some type of cover up. Yeah. So that is the story of the ghost ship, the Orang Medan.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finger guns. What's up, Birdie? What you got going on over there?
2: Okay So today I wanted to talk about The Curse of La Llorona Or The Weeping <gasps> Woman Ooh. Yes
0: I almost did this one So I'm so glad really? I actually yeah. didn't even know This one had anything I don't know much about it I didn't know it had oh, anything Oh, It's before. terrifying Ooh. Well, get ready Okay Is your butt ready? Okay, it's ready My butt is ready How are your vibes? Are they good? My vibes are real good Also look
2: Oh, there's a little plant. Her coffee cups. says good vibes.
0: That's all, yeah. Okay. All right.
2: La Llorona is described as a ghost or a demon of a drowned woman. She appears in a long white flowing gown with long black hair and a white veil covering her face. Her tale is told all over Mexico, Latin America, and the Southwest, including Texas. Yep. Uh, many variations of her story can be found all over these places, but the most prevalent is the one I'm about to tell you. So, Maria was a strikingly beautiful, but poor, indigenous woman, and she fell in love with a very rich and powerful conquistador. They married and had two children, but Maria's husband was very controlling and obsessed with the idea that Maria was sleeping with the men in the village. Being a strong Catholic, Maria denied the affairs and continually pledged her love to her husband. One night, she followed her husband and discovered that he was the one having an affair. Which, of course, of course, and I'm going to just put this out there. If you're in a relationship and someone keeps accusing you of cheating and you're not and just cheating over and over and over again, guess what, guys? That's a guilty conscience, like. Yeah, it is, for sure. So that is a red flag. So um, on the night that she discovered that her husband was having an affair, she went into a blind rage. She dragged her two children from their beds in the middle of the night and she drowned them in a nearby river. Oh, my God. Yep. And, again, there are many different variations on what happens next. Some say that she kind of snapped out of it, realized what she had done, and she was so remorseful that she jumped in after them. Some say that she weighted herself down with rocks and walked into the river. And then some say that she paced up and down the riverbed until she literally wasted away. The
1: version that I've always heard is that she was, like... Um, cheating on her husband, and then it was discovered, and it was leaked in her village, and so she, like, had shame, and so no one wanted her because she was an adulteress, which is, again, like a sin. And so she took her children into the river with her, drowned her children, and then, again, like, just basically, like, let the ocean take her.
2: Yeah, and there's many different variations. I also read one where um, she was accused of witchcraft, so the village drowned her child, and then she only had one child in this, and she was a single woman. (gasps) And um, then the village set her on fire. Oh my god! And then she like cursed the village. So and... either way,
0: bacteria. all good things, right? <laughs> right.
2: Um, you can read a lot of misogyny into this as well. Um, yeah. So um, sorry. Let's this... um, either way, however the folklore is told, it's always that La Llorona is a cursed woman, and she can never enter into heaven for her past sins, whether it be killing her kids, killing her husband, being a witch, whatever. And so she's forever locked into purgatory of walking the earth. Uh, When you encounter uh, La Llorona, it's said that first you'll hear the tapping of her wet feet coming towards you, and then you'll almost see her glowing in the dark. It's always at night. It's always near water or creek. Um, And then you'll start to hear her anguished, anguished cries begging you to help her find her lost children. But when she starts to get close to you, she lifts her veil, then it's basically said that, like, you're hers, and she'll start hunting you. She's supposed to be very, very quick also. And she'll grab you and drag you down into the riverbed and drown you. Oh. Because she's forever living in that moment where she killed her children.
0: So, basically, don't make eye contact with her. Try not to let her lift her veil around you. You turn
2: your ass around, you walk away. Oh, god, You're like, that's "That's
0: weird. Gotta go.
2: Yep, I'm out. (laughs) Um, So, one of the most interesting parts about this folklore is that she's not landlocked. That people see her all over. They see her in different creeks. They see her in different streams. Some even say that she can appear if it's raining a lot. Mm -hmm. According to legend, she prefers children, but she will grab almost anybody. Um, She'll grab man, woman, child, pregnant woman, Catholic, Protestant, does not care. If you are in her space and she is crying and lifts her veil like you're it. Oh. That's it. Um, it's traditionally her story is used to uh, control children. <laughs> usually, you know, you're being yeah. you're being bad. Mm-hmm. La Llorona is gonna come and get you uh-huh. and drag you down. Um, but she's her story's told everywhere. To me, her story is very similar, almost to Bloody Mary. It is, yeah. And yeah. that she's less of, I would say, a ghost, and more of almost a banshee. Like she screams. Yeah. You have to kind of want to see her, she has a portal that she goes well, through. Well then there's like
1: triggers, right? Like like I was talking about how like you hear the wet feet. And there's there's like little precursors that like
2: hunt, right And you, you kinda have to stay there. Like if you yeah. hear the wet feet you walk away you're kind of okay. Right? But if you kind of investigate it more, right, she's hunting exactly yeah. that. If you go towards the waterbed like there are all these like you better stop here. You better stop here. But if you keep going, that's when she gets you. Similar to me, like Bloody Mary, right? Like you have to say her name three times in the mirror. What happens if you stop at two? Nothing. You go home. Right. Right? (laughs) Almost every Hispanic family that I know has a story about somebody meeting La Llorona. Like, you know, someone's grandma, someone's aunt. My family even has one. Uh, My brother, Matt, went camping with his friend David. And there is a creek in between San Antonio and Seguin, and it's called the Woman Hollering Creek. Ooh, and it's said to be one of her like haunting spots. It's that's why it's named that. And Matt and David, David's father had told them like, you know, don't mess with it. Like this is just where we're camping. Like don't go out at night. Stay in your tent. He was Hispanic, and Matt and David they were like 13 years old. Yeah, they were like, fuck it. Like we got it. And Matt said that they snuck out. It was like 3 a.m. when everything's kind of misty and foggy. Anyway. Mm-hmm. and it's the witch's hour yeah, yeah. awesome and they're Near standing water. there right and he said you could start to hear like the the feet like slapping a feet and then he said you could hear crying and he said it got louder and louder and more intense and they just booked it oh yep. hell yeah mm-hmm. and they ran back to david's dad's tent and he immediately was like oh y'all y'all were messing with la Yorona, right mm-hmm. If like, you're lucky not i know Come on. So there are several stories on Reddit even about La Llorona. I did pick two short ones that I would like to read to y'all if y'all are open to that. Um, The first one is from user iMyRead. I don't know if I said that right. Um, But he wrote, My mother's family is Hispanic and we have wonderful family reunions every summer. One year my grandmother told me about my great aunt who could speak to her chicken. My grandmom then told me about the legend of La Llorona, and how it was often used as a cautionary tale to warn children not to stay out at night or play near water. La Llorona would take them away. I loved the tale, but I wasn't quite sure what it had to do with a chicken and how my great-aunt could talk to it. My grandmother stated that sometimes when you attract spirits, you are born with the ability to perceive them. I was perplexed, but she went on with the story. She said that when they were children, they lived near water. My great-aunt, who spoke to the chicken, was only an infant. My great-grandma had laid my... My aunt in her crib, which happened to be near a window that faced the water. After a little while, my aunt began to cry. My great-grandmother walked to the nursery and froze. A black figure was reaching through the window and reaching for my aunt. (gasps) My great-grandmother was a devout Catholic and began invoking the name of Christ. The figure recoiled from my aunt and out of the window. My great-grandmother watched the entity walk along the wall and recede into the water. La Garona had tried to take my aunt. Gross. Since then, she was touched and could speak to chickens. So, another Reddit user, Darth Gator Maine, <laughs> uh, wrote Back when I was a kid growing up in South Texas, about 10 years or so ago, I used to spend the night at my grandma's house every weekend. She lived next to a large canal that would usually fill up with water after a good rainstorm. My cousin, uh, cousins and I used to have adventures all around the canal as well as my grandma's house, and we loved to sit around late at night with my youngest aunt, who was only about eight years older than us, and tell stories. One particular night, she decided to share the story of La Gorona, or The Crying Woman. It had been raining all day, so the canal was full of rainwater. It also happened to be a full moon that night. All was well through be- throughout bedtime. I usually slept in the living room couch at the front of the house, which was not more than 100 yards from the road that tees off from my grandma's driveway and also leads up the canal to the town. Think of it as like a horizontal L, the letter, t- but the letter T was the beginning of the road. Late that night, I was awakened by something that I could faintly distinguish as sobbing. I laid on the couch with my sheets up under my chin and looked at the clock nearby. It was three in the morning on the dot. (sighs) Always three. Yep. As I lay motionless on the couch, I could hear it clearer and clearer. I could tell that whatever was making the sound, it was walking along the road coming from the canal and towards the town. The closer it got, the more I began to distinguish this as not a wailing type of crying, but more of what I could only describe as a sad type of crying. I say that because I honestly feel myself starting to feel compassion for whatever was crying out there. I shit you not, it was like my mother was out there. The only reason that I was able to resist resist the urge to go out and try to comfort her right then and there was the extreme cold that had fallen across the room all of a sudden. Mm. I forced myself to close my eyes and think happy thoughts. So after a few minutes was gone by, I was so scared and beyond belief, and more than I thought about the feeling of the compassion I had just felt, the more it creeped me out and the more I began to feel. I thought of this for what seemed like forever. Then slowly I began to hear the crying off in the distance. This time it was coming from the town and heading towards the canal. No! It was the same thing as before, and the closer I got, the more clearly I could hear it. A few minutes after, I not only heard it, but I felt it pass through my grandma's house. Mm. I was able to muster up enough courage to take a peek out the front window. A dense fog had come over the entire neighborhood, and all I could see was a shadowy figure in a long flowing dress with long ragged hair walking towards the canal. I could see a bluish light coming from the canal, which is the only reason I could make out the silhouette of a woman. Suffice it to say, I could not force myself to go to sleep. So I tried to stay awake until dawn.
1: Fuck that.
2: And there are just tons and tons and tons of other accounts, personal accounts, family accounts, you know, folklore like this, I always kind of believe can start off as a cautionary tale, but the more energy you could put into it, Mm -hmm. the more real it almost becomes. Oh, yeah. And to me, this could have started off as like a, hey, you don't go there. Hey, you don't cheat on your, your partner. Hey, you know, you be a good mom, you go to church. You don't do witchcraft, but the more people put energy into it, like, why couldn't something like this exist?
0: Manifest, yeah. Yeah. Right?
2: Would she drown you? Maybe not. Will she scare the shit out of you and, like, suck your energy?
1: Well, think about, like, with, like, thin places and shit. I mean, anything that you give enough energy to can create something, you know? Right. That energy doesn't go anywhere. Well,
2: and water's a conduit. Yep. It holds electrons. Like, why not? Sadness. notions
1: children are also fucking
2: weirdos yeah they are <laughs> that is the tale the sad long tale of la Yorona, the weeping woman mm-hmm.
1: Dope. Oh, good
2: one. my sources are reddit wikipedia and legendsofamerica.com so jerica what you got for us all right we'll see how this
1: goes okay i am doing the story of la sidoreña which is belize's mermaid so, my sources for this, again, this is folklore, so it's just retelling, and someone decided to write it down. So, this is from Characters and Caricatures in Belizean Folklore, um, which is from Belize, UNESCO Commission 1991. And then also a WordPress, basically like an online blog and journal. So, yeah, Belize's mermaid. So, I wanted to start talking off what sirens are. In Greek mythology, the sirens were dangerous creatures who lured nearby sailors with their enchanting music and singing voices to shipwreck on the rocky coast of their island. Um, In Greek mythology, they're known as like half female, half bird. But I guess through the line of, you know, retelling and things like that, and then other stories and other cultures... Um, it started getting blended with um, like sea creatures. Um, there was one that was talking about um, fucking uh, Christopher Columbus like writing tales of fucking things <laughs> that he saw. Like, fuck that guy. Um, um, but it was like manatees and shit. Um, he fucked a manatee. We yeah. all know that, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's why she started laughing. I, I went think... on this rant last weekend. She did. He oh. wrote about
0: on her way to the river, a manatee about
2: and how they had beautiful legs and knees but manly features. He <laughs> bragged about it.
0: You had me and John dying because, oh, like, she was, like, she just kept saying over and over, he fucked a man to tee. And then not only that, but he did it multiple times. Like, he just kept going he back. about it in his And, journals. like, all of, you have to know, the other crew members were like, hey, um. That's totally not a woman. <laughs> they don't look like a, women, like a woman
2: except their knees, which is why he went on and on about how they had <laughs> Well, Very you know, the, knees. they didn't get
1: to see the ankles and the knees. He was like, hey. because they weren't in the water fucking them. <laughs> I mean, that's Chris, what's up? The lines. Chris, first name basis. OK, so, um, yeah, down the line, it blended into other sea creatures and folklore. And so that's what they become now. But this particular um, mermaid is a half female and half sea serpent, which is fucking Ew, cool. I love it. I know. I'll show you pictures after I, I talk about her. But um, a weeping spirit associated with water and stream. So, again, kind of similar to La Llorona. Um, La Sireña has long black hair and is fully clothed in white. Um, there's also another closely related uh, story called Lassi which is um, in some Belizean communities indicate that she's the same character as La Serena. So the word Sirenia. Translates literally from the Spanish as mermaid, who's half woman, like I said. Half fish body is comparable to the half woman, half snake of this La Serena. Um, Her face, which may be sometimes be hidden with like a, a light veil, um, some describe her as beautiful, others describe her as ugly. From my experience, when I was reading, it seems like, again, it changes based on the presentation, well, also, the situation.
2: you know, preferences. Correct. Some guys think. Well, and again, it's, like, meant
1: to lure you and, like, trick you. And so I assume, like, for some people who, like, don't
2: want to fuck a fish.
1: Okay, she's going to die on this hill.
2: Sorry, no, I'm done. I promise. I'm done.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so she could be beautiful, could be ugly. Um, some versions even say she is hiding a horse's face or skull underneath the cloth she wears over her head. So that makes it especially gross. I well, like yeah. Um, Lacandonia is believed to be the spirit of an evil woman who grew tired of her child and threw it into a stream to drown. Hell yeah! She now sits near the river at night, and many people fear seeing her, for it may be an omen of their death. So a lot of those um, talked about—it's um, not necessarily a cautionary tale. It's like um, signaling that someone close to you is going to die. Whether that's you, whether that's someone extended that you know. So similar
2: to like the big black dog.
1: Right, right, right. So it's just like an omen that someone, that death is coming. Um, She will sometimes carry children off for three days. And when she returns them, they are disoriented and unable to function normally for several days after. So most often she chooses men who are roaming late at night, especially drunks. As her victims, she impersonates men's sweethearts leads them down a path from which it's hard to return so she helps them get lost further into like off their path um and then those who search for a way out become frustrated and delirious so she becomes like a a beacon of like um like calms them or like kind of distracts them enough to get them further and further lost away from where they need to go and then like as they kind of start to realize they're not where they should be they're more frustrated and delirious and all of that so then they're just like fucked and lost one Maya legend about La Serenia tells that she was created by the supreme evil being from objects in the environment so this story goes when um, he was ready to put hair on her His eyes rested on a nearby tree, and he used the branches to form her hair Uh And as he's, like, building her from nature. And then a a young villager had been drinking with his friends all day and was returning home on horseback um, through, like, a forested area. Um, Then he sees an attractive woman suddenly appear before him. He started, like, approaching her, and then she tried to, like, hug him and, like, touch him. Then he realized that she was the enchantress last yeah um that he had heard about in his village and all of this so then he was uh trying to like fight and get away but he was already like under her spell and like she was already like luring him away from where he needed to be and like compelling him to like go with her um so he tried to stop himself from going further by grabbing onto um branches of trees because again he's like under this this spell and he's being compelled and he's slowly starting to fight trying to get out of this like trance or whatever so he grabs onto a tree um and then He grabbed the tree, and then it was immediately released from her spell. And it said that because the tree that he grabbed, or the type of tree that he grabbed, was the same that's constructed from um, that he used to construct her hair. And so, um, legend says that because it's the same type of tree, it felt like her hair being pulled, and that's like kind of like one of the weaknesses.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go into other legends that are similar. Among the Garenagu, I don't know how to say this. Um, stories are told of the Aigayama, who resides near the water and seduces men with her long, silk hair and shapely body, which, hello, want, <laughs> Shapely body. Whose form she can change to resemble various water creatures. So she's a shape-shifting hottie, basically. Mm. Um, Aigayama's victims are plagued by dreams of her, and only a special item given to them by a medicine man will keep the dreams away. So basically... Um, Again, it's kind of that similar situation where it's like um, a beacon and it's kind of like a calling card for signaling that something's coming for you or something. There's an omen, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's only a certain item that's enchanted by a medicine man will keep the dreams away. And if, however, no precautions are taken, the victims waste away and die. So again, if they don't intervene with as these things are happening and then seek out help, then they'll die. So then some years ago in the village, five girls told of their encounter with Agayuma during the dry season. They had all gone to fetch water from the pond. And while there, they saw an apparition, which each reported as a fair woman dressed in full white that sat near the edge of the pond where she rose from the floating toward the bush disappearing into the trees. They thought they had seen like the Virgin Mary. But the elders of the village heard this story and were like, nah, that ain't her. No. Um, that's Ayayuma, <laughs> which basically is La yeah. So, yeah, that's the legend of La Siena. Belize's
0: mermaid. Show us these pictures, Jerica. All
1: right, so. Here she is. Ew. Oh,
0: beautiful.
2: She... <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Look how she's <laughs> holding her nips. I know. Tick. Holding just her nippies. Yeah, just...
1: I mean, you got to leave some to the imagination. She even that's... has a little belly button. Where
2: they put it? Hmm.
1: I don't know. But here's another one. Uh, oh, very She kind of almost like looks, looks like Medusa, like the
2: Gordon. Right?
1: Yeah. Ooh, look
0: at those claws.
1: I know. Yikes. She's, she's like lovingly holding this baby. That yeah. baby looks fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> that baby's like, oh, oh I don't, don't know.
1: So this is the version blood. with like a, the horse head. Oh. And the shapely body. Mm. Look at those nasty ass claw hands. Gross. Yeah. And then this is my
0: favorite. Ooh, that one would be so creepy. To me, that one's the creepiest version. Right? Can you imagine seeing this shit in like the near water? Yeah, like you're just like on a boat or you know just doing your thing, and then you just see this like, like. mm. But she got dim titties. Yeah. She does. She does got them titties. the
1: Hair, the emo hair.
0: Yeah, very emo.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Creepy as fuck, right? I like the fact that it's. Closer to a sea snake than like a mermaid. Like your typical,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do too because it, for some reason it just makes it a lot more unsettling. I like people.
1: that it's not also like she's
0: not beautiful and she's not trying to like,
1: you know, have sex with you. It's no, like she wants your. Fucking she's baby. tricking you and she's gonna fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So it's
0: have you guys shit. ever seen that movie? Uh, don't laugh, but Robert Pattinson's movie. Oh, uh, of course. What movie? The Lighthouse. It's the one that he filmed with, uh, he was in it with, um... Willem Dafoe, and
2: he fucks a seagull. Listen.
0: No, he doesn't, actually. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. He fucks a dead fish. There's a difference. (laughs) He does. He does. But he thinks it's a mermaid, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. the movie is left up to interpretation
2: because... This is not
1: really selling me much on this movie it's, Okay,
2: <laughs> You know why you don't hear a lot about mermen? Because women don't want to fuck fish. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not in our DNA. We're not Men about... We just want to fuck things in the ocean. I mean, really anything that anything can be fucked. Bacon, for example. Yeah, I mean, I a slab of bacon. Yikes. <laughs> but no, okay, so his, his film, The Lighthouse, it's I made Michael watch it with me when I was pregnant. So he was like, what is happening? Michael was really into it. Yeah, it was, he was very, very, very much into it. But anyways, <laughs> what reminds me is because, like, you know, the movie's left to a lot of interpretations. So it's either that this guy is, like, on an island and he's very isolated for several, several, several months. So he could just be going crazy. Or there's a scene with a siren. And so it could be believed that he's, you know, like, under the spell of a siren this whole time. Um, he reads a lot in that movie. Like, angrily, right? And, like, looks at Willem Dafoe. No! <laughs> that's, that's all I've heard about this, okay? I've never seen it. I'm not,
2: <laughs> I'm not diehard Robin Pattinson. I don't understand why people like his face so much.
0: <gasps> She's It's a like a piece in. of paper. Well, okay. It's all flat. T- to be fair, I, I wasn't ever really this that attracted me. to him ever until I saw Tennant. No! Oh my God. Okay, Anyways, <laughs> So for our palette cleanser today, we're just going to talk about um, maybe some stories that we remember that have to do with water. So either it was something like a memory from our childhood or a funny story or a sweet story or whatever the hell. So uh, I guess I'll kick it off. There's really only two small memories I have with water from when I was very, very little. The very first one was I almost drowned at that water park that used to be in Lubbock, Texas. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like a big deal that Lubbock, Texas got this water park. And I was very, very, very young. And my mom took me and my brothers and his friends to the water park. And I somehow like eluded my mom and got off into this one part and I fell into like some deeper water. And I specifically remember like being kind of turned around upside down because there were so many people. And I couldn't figure out where the surface was because the bottom of the thing also kind of looked like the sky. And so here I am like, ah, like I think it was probably like five or something. And this guy out of nowhere comes and he grabs me from the back of my swimsuit because I have like one of those one pieces on and just like pulls me up like this and like stands me up and then just looks at me and then walks away.
2: And I was literally
0: like, I remember being like, oh my God, I don't think he knew. He saved my life. Like. This overweight, like, white, hairy dad.
2: I think he sense. knew. But probably. he also didn't
0: want to get yelled at for touching someone's child. Yeah, he was probably like, Bloop. Um. So that's one memory. And after that, I just remember being, like, very, like, paranoid. I was like, oh, God, always know where the surface is. The second one was one of my first times ever going to the beach. And it was in Corpus Christi. And I'm walking on the beach. And I see, like, these little jellies, like these jellyfish that have washed up on the shore. And I'm, like, going around. I've never seen one before. And I was, like, oh, hell yeah, what? And I'm over there, like, poking it with sticks and stuff. And then I keep walking along the shore, and I just see more and more and more and more and more. There's just, like, tons of them. So I'm, like, oh, they're dying. Let me save them. So I go, and I get a cup from our cooler, and I scoop up a bunch of them. Because I'm, like, I'm going to go put you back in the ocean and save you. And I go walk out into the water, into the waves, because I'm an idiot. And I, like, toss them into the wave like this. And then the wave comes back over me, and all those bitches stung me all over my entire body. And then I—that's when I realized that I'm a dumb bitch. So oh, that's fun. Uh, water, water. Nice. I've had plenty of great water stories. I like today. The, I like so. the jellyfish. That's yeah. Horrifying slightly. Yeah. Jerrica, what's yours?
1: So mine also involves the beach. I. I'm from a coastal town, and my family went to the beach. And it, as you know me in the, my adult life, I don't really nature very much. Um, <laughs> so just because I don't, I I know my limits. Um, obviously grew up near the beach and near the water, so we learned how to swim very, very, very young. So it's not about not learning how to swim or not knowing how to swim. It's solely just because I don't fuck with nature. I don't fuck with creatures. So the beach is filled with those. And so I was in the water. You know, Galveston water is disgusting and, like, really? radioactive. So it's, like, dark. And I'm already, like, on edge, head on a swivel kind of thing. I'm, like, you know, feeling the anxiety getting a little higher. And I'm, like, with one of my friends and her family. And so I'm, like, okay, this is fine. Like, we're, you know, jumping in the waves. I'm, like, okay, I'm, like, relaxing. Like, I'm fine. And then, like, just kind of, like, glance over. And there's, like, I see something, like, orange. And I was, like, what the fuck is that? And, like, oh. as I'm, like, processing, like, what is that? And my, it's, like, meaty. It's not, like tiny enough Ugh. like it's like meaty and i'm like what the fuck is that and i felt it like go past my legs and like kind of touch my other one i was like i'm out and like you know my that by that point i was like waist deep water i like hightailed it like that lizard that runs like really fast with those like <laughs> Dude, crisscross Jesus legs yourself off hell water. yeah i was like i'm out and like that's why i don't fucking nature and so when we went to the beach together as a group i was like this is as far as i'm going
0: uh-huh
1: i I'm agree good. with that
0: completely i'm fine with that
1: you, did you ever find out what
0: the orange thing was?
1: No, but it was, again, it was, like, big. It had, like, knocked into my leg. Ew. and like It was. It reminded me of those, like, big koi
0: fish yes. in those ponds,
1: you know? Yeah. Where it was, like, that, like, fat. Now, it, my, it was probably, like, just a fish of some sort, but I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I am good. Don't so, need this shit yeah, in my life that. right now. All right, Birdie, I need to hear this story about you and water, you mermaid goddess.
2: So, I am the opposite of Jerrica, <laughs> where I don't know my boundaries especially <laughs> in water um anyone that has ever gone to a beach or a river or pool with me when i'm drunk will attest to that especially because i'm immediately like let's get in there You love the this. water
0: you love it
2: um i've been that way since birth um savannah and i are cousins many people might oh, god damn it really make me tell a story yep i'm excited it's our origin story yes okay So the first time I met little tiny Savannah, um, was at a family reunion and I was maybe four and a half. Um, are you older? I'm I'm older. Okay. By like a year. Yeah. Um, I, I was young enough to still be wearing diapers, but I was old enough to where I was really good at swimming. Like my dad was one of those people that just like threw me in the pool and I was yeah. like swimming like a little fish, but um, they didn't have swim diapers back then. So my mom was just like, you're good. Like, here's your swimsuit. I was like, cool. And Savannah and I, Savannah was also in the pool. She had like little floaties on. We are pretending to be mermaids and like swimming around and giggling and we're having all this fun. And I remember, we were playing, um, like, Orca, you know, where one kid, like, holds on to the back of the other, and oh, you go yeah. up and down in the water. We are doing that, and I kept telling her, like, I have to get out, like, I have to go to the bathroom, I have to go to the bathroom. And so, he was like, no, just, like, a couple more minutes. You know like, me, I'm you, a pusher. Push yeah, yeah, you are. Again, we've been who we've been since <laughs> we were tiny. So, I was like, okay, I can hold it, I can hold it. It wasn't number one. I had to poo real bad
1: <laughs> and
2: I didn't hold it. And we were, the reunion was only about an hour away from our home. So we did, we weren't staying the night. We just came there for the day. And so I pooped.
1: <laughs> did it turn the water like, it never no, swimsuit.
2: it stayed all in my swimsuit. Oh God. And so I was sitting there and I was like, my mom's also a yeller. Cathy so, No yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ah, fuck. Like, how do I do this to where she doesn't notice? So I tried to, like, sneak out of the water. And my mom was like, what are you doing? And I stood up and I started running. And, like, my swimsuit was, like, hanging down and, like, hitting me. And my mom's <laughs> running after me and she was like, God damn it! And it's like, just like, ah! and I'm running and I'm running in circles. And then I remember standing.
0: He's in the my bathroom
2: kids at, work. <laughs> at my aunt, rented a hotel room, and she was like, My mom's like cleaning my bathing suit. And she's got like, too old for this horseshit. What are you doing? <laughs> and that is the very first memory I have of Savannah.
0: Sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I have no rebuttal. <laughs> I love it. What, what did you do when Birdie was running out of the water? What? I literally don't remember this until she told me about it. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But now I like Vaguely remember it Because I also remember It was like This little tiny Like circular pool That we would get it into and had a bridge a, over Yeah Yes <laughs> and we would make The little whirlpool thing too oh, Yeah God. Where you'd run in a circle So uh, Who knows I got out And probably went And took a nap Oh Not my bothered God. Not bothered at all Not bothered
2: like, Just wow. made that girl Shit herself
0: Yeah <laughs> She's <laughs> and like oh, on way. S- I'm exhausted Time for her. a nap Yeah <laughs> Time for a nap And some McDonald's Thanks, Chicken God. nugget Oh wow Wow oh that was fun yeah good episode guys i like it we want to do more episodes involving the ocean or water just because there's just so many subjects to cover yeah so i really hope you enjoyed this episode today tell us your embarrassing water story yeah yeah tell us about the time you shit yourself in front of your entire family okay so you
2: can follow us we have an instagram and a tiktok uh they're both under the same handle I'm especially trying to build our TikTok. I'm also open to ideas if anybody wants to send them to me, or if you tag us, we'll stitch you. Hundred yes. percent. So uh, we're starting to grow our following, especially on Instagram, and that is Violet Underscore Delights Underscore Pod mm-hmm. on both. Especially want to do a shout out right now. There's a podcast that follows us that we interact with a lot called Spooky Show. Ooh, okay. And it's a girl. She's like early 20s and it's just her and her boyfriend. She talks about things that she likes and it's actually a really awesome podcast. I've been listening to it lately. Awesome. Dope. Shout out. Yeah.
0: Well, that's all we got for you today. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>
1: gross out route of like
0: what water does to a, a decaying body yeah. that's true also the ocean a great place to dump a body i'm just gonna yeah put that out there
1: you can find things that are found in creatures in the oceans
0: i, I
2: did Bellies. find a place that's called garfield beach and i couldn't figure out why like so for years like the last 20 years Every few months, Garfield phones would wash up on this beach. Garfield phones? Yeah, like the phones from the 80s. What? And they couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. It's in uh, Russia. But people will find these, like, fucking random-ass phones all over the beach. And then they finally found out that a shipping container, mm. so, like, got lost. wasn't supposed to be anywhere around there. It was supposed to be in China. Oh, shit. got lost and sunk. And it has a hole in it, and every now and then just pops <laughs> the
0: off. It's oh, you crazy. know what would have been another good subject? The one where the beach where only like the, the left feet, feet keep what and it's always like the left foot, and they always yeah. have the shoe. They solve that though. Yeah, I know, but still, it's kind of. when well, there's also isn't there like
1: a monkey island or some shit with those the monkeys? The Florida. It's
2: yeah. completely that...
0: ran by monkeys. Yeah.
2: Crazy. Yeah, and they swim. And they all have herpes.
0: Yeah, you were telling that the last. Of course, time. you would do.
2: Yeah, we were talking about that last week. Yeah. <laughs>